So right, you could say we want to make money, right? There's no, there's no problem with that. There's nothing to be ashamed of, but we want to make it to do more good. And so my idea was for a business that could prosper, do well, in order to fulfill its purpose of doing good. And that was the story behind the name. What does success mean to you? How do we continue to define it as life and career changes up? And how do we remain relevant? I'm Elizabeth Ribbons, your host for Next, a podcast dedicated to spotlighting actions and stories that empower a fluid approach to life, give purpose, and inspire you to reimagine your next. Ready to make a change but not sure where to start? Head over to nextcareerlife.com. Explore your options. Get clarity now and download the free 10 questions. Become a member and connect with the community. Be part of the events. Remember, the magic is in the groups. All at nextcareerlife.com. If you remember over a dozen years ago, there was a big recession. Um, the, the economy had gone flat and I was really scrambling to keep my business going. And the way I was able to do that was to close out my office, my brick and mortar, and I was able to hire virtual assistants. I was using virtual assistants even before that happened because there was things that were out of my wheelhouse that I did not have the bandwidth or time to learn on my own. And I had other people working for me, but I did need to use these other professionals and they were fantastic. So I cannot say enough about using virtual assistants. And I want to talk to you about BB Goldstein and Buying Time LLC. She has an amazing team that can help you in so many areas. You ought to take a look. But what's even better, if you're listening to this podcast now and you're saying, look, my life is a little bit curvy, a little bit flexible right now. I'm not really able to land on one thing, but I certainly know I have skills that I can market. That is something that you might want to actually look at doing. You could become a virtual assistant and still be showing up for your life and what's important to you. Maybe that would be a side kit to supplement the, the career that you're building. It's worth considering. And BB Goldstein at Buying Time LLC has an online course. She takes you through it on how she's built an amazing business. She's an award-winning entrepreneur, has built an amazing business by offering virtual assistant help in all different areas. So consider it both as hiring a virtual assistant. I can't say enough. I use them all the time, have been for a long time. And also if you're considering it as a career, it's really something where you can be flexible and still show up for what's important to you. Go to www.buyingtimellc.com and look for the online course or how you can hire the team of virtual assistants. Brand narrative, positioning. These are words we have all heard as entrepreneurs and even now in our careers as we brand ourselves to remain relevant in our life and work. Our ability to successfully communicate our brand is key. Today's guest, Lorraine Schubart, has built her career communicating the why, the purpose in branding, and does it expertly by designing disruptive strategies for courageous change makers who want to impact the world and their bottom line. So let's get to it. Welcome, Lorraine. Just give us a brief background. You took your success in communications to a whole new level and launched a new business in 2013 called Prosper for Purpose, which has a B Corp status. Can you fill us in on that journey and what made you choose the name? 
Yeah. So actually Prosper for Purpose was founded in January of 2013. And um, yeah, and so we just, we have evolved over the years, but we're actually a nine-year-old company. And um, the name came from the fact that throughout my career, um, I kind of alternated between working at nonprofits and working at companies. And I really loved the purpose, the heart and soul uh, that nonprofits just seem to naturally have. But I also really liked the tools of business and how you really learn to move fast, um, trust your gut, you know, learn from your mistakes, but not let them immobilize you. And so eventually I reached a point in my career where I couldn't find the place I wanted to work. And I kept coming back to this idea that you could focus on a little bit of both. So, right, you could say, we want to make money, right? There's no, there's no problem with that. There's nothing to be ashamed of, but we want to make it to do more good. And so my idea was for a business that could prosper, do well, in order to fulfill its purpose of doing good. And that was the story behind the name. Wow, that is, that's excellent. I mean, all of your um, experiences up to that point kind of led you to this thing. I read that you were, had hit six figures in one year, but, but that's pretty amazing that you did that. And it's probably because you drew on those experiences. You knew clearly what you wanted and where you wanted to go and you were able to define that. So that's pretty, pretty cool. Um, can you give me an idea of what purpose means to you, how you develop that with your clients and why is it important? Well, thanks for asking that because that is really the foundation of all the work that we do. So we are um, a disruptive brand agency and we use the power of purpose and then our skills in marketing and PR to help individuals and organizations build brands that stand out. And um, I think that for us, you know, you have a personal purpose, but when you start a company, before you ever think about, okay, what direction is it going to go? How many employees do I want? How much money do I want to make? You start with, what is the change I want to make? What is, you know, even talking about the gap in the market, like what is the impact I want to have? Mm -hmm. If this business were completely successful, what would it look like? Not in terms of money, but in terms of the impact that you would make on the people that you serve from your employees to your partners, to your clients or customers. And that is really um, what we start with, with our clients. We find that a lot of our clients have never defined that. They didn't think it was important and it may have come from the founder's name and the founder may still be there. In some cases, the founder has sold the company or has retired or even passed on. And so we're, we're doing that work with the leadership team, but really getting to the core of what is the impact that we want to make on our community or on the planet or whatever that looks like that is bigger than profit. And that's, to me, what purpose is. I love, love that. Um, for me, you know, that I feel like that's really cutting edge and these times have changed where people um, have attached to outside things personally, but also companies because they think, okay, we have to go that way. We have to go that way. And if you have that clear understanding of what your purpose is or what we, you know, what I call your thread, like what you bring, what that, what's that impact? I love that you're doing this because I think it's a way to 
navigate all the changes in the market to continue to show up authentically as what you started to do in the first place and the impact that you want to make. I just love that. Um, so that is another reason why someone would be able to stay, stay in the market and, and be able to st distinguish themselves. What do you mean by disruptive? Mm -hmm. Like what you, you work with disruptive, you know, um, clients. Like yeah. Clients doing so, so yeah, most of our clients, um, are, actively seeking to create social or environmental change. And so we work with social entrepreneurs, we work with nonprofits um, and government agencies, but most of our clients are in the for-profit space, kind of like Prosper, in that they're using their business to achieve goals beyond profit. So we talk about um, shareholder value, uh, taking a backseat to stakeholder value. We talk about a uh, triple bottom line, which is balancing our impact on people, planet, and profit. Yes. And so understanding that success doesn't work unless all three legs of that stool are in place. You wouldn't want to sit on a two-legged stool and you definitely wouldn't want to sit on a one-legged stool. But when all three are in place, then it is supportive and effective at what it exists to do. And we feel the same is true about businesses. We also work with individuals who either are starting out or have been successful. They might be a coach or a consultant, but they're coming back and saying, you know, I'm kind of at that plateau. How do I really disrupt my market, distinguish myself from my peers? And it always comes back to purpose. Why are you doing what you're doing? How are you articulating that? And I love your, you and I had such a great conversation. You talk about the thread. And for us, purpose is that thread that we pull all the way through what a company builds its foundation on or a person. Um, and then how they take that through what they say and what they do so that they're living their purpose through the, their work. And um, that's just so important. And at this point in time, that is disruption in the market because only nonprofits are out there leading with purpose. We don't see too many people, um, individuals, unless they're politicians and they're using it as a platform, right? And we won't even get into when sometimes that may be authentic and sometimes it may not be, but we just don't see that in businesses on a regular basis. And I think that that is the true key to disruption. Oh my gosh. I loved everything you just said. And I have to say that maybe in the past, that wasn't how businesses were running themselves, but I see it more. There's a trend and you're certainly on that trend ahead of it, um, being doing what you're doing and helping people to combine those things because we really do. And you know, with all the disruption that's happened in the workforce and all the corporations scrambling to become more empathetic and, and more resilient mm -hmm. and all of these things, I don't think you can really do that without knowing your threat, without really knowing your purpose and without really bringing in um, people planet, you know, you have to bring all of those things in to really con to con keep having really excellent um, uh, workforce, really excellent employees, you know, valuable people and retain them because this is what I think most people in, in whether you have a career or a business, you're wanting this. We are wanting this. We're wanting to see that. Mm -hmm. and I, I just think it's 
awesome that you're already on this. So when people come to you and they're saying, like you said, it could be a coach, it could be a company. Um, and they're saying this to you, you sort of help them to embrace this, this sort of thinking so that they can get to that next place. So they see it, they want to be there, but they just don't know how to get there. And your team helps them to do that. You help them to define that, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's really great. And so I want to know more about, because you, you have a service that's a product. Um, and B Corps, I usually know to have like an actual physical product like coffee or, you know what I mean? So, so tell me, <laughs> tell me about um, what it is to be a B Corp. Let's tell my audience as well. And how does that work? How does that work? How do you do that? And what's the importance of it? Why, why do you want to be a B Corp? So when I started my company, those are all great questions. So when I started my company, I thought I was alone. I thought I was taking all the experiences from the time I was a kid and knew I wanted to make a difference and just really saying, why can't, why is there no one out here there doing this? So as soon as I started my agency, within a year, I found out that there were other people doing that, right? Like you step into a space that you've never been before and you see things you've never seen before. It's just kind of how it works. And so I found out that there were, that there were companies that considered themselves um, conscious capitalists. There were books written and all of a sudden it was like one thing led to another and I came across um, certified B Corp. So um, B certification is run by B Lab, which is actually a nonprofit. And their sole purpose is to bring organizations in and help them get certified, partly because they anticipated this trend and partly because they knew there was a better way. So I'm a marketer at, you know, it, it you get down to basics, what I do is considered marketing. And there is no field I don't, that I'm aware of that is under more scrutiny than marketers, PR people. You know, we, there's um, always a, a healthy dose of skepticism as there should be. Like, oh, of course, marketers are going to jump on the latest trend and they're going to use those words for themselves and for their clients to help distinguish them. But it has to matter. And you mentioned that you were seeing more and more companies and a lot of those companies are trying and they're doing reasonably well. And a lot of them may be trying, but we're not seeing it. And we're seeing epic fails because consumers are becoming more and more savvy mm -hmm. and they want to, to buy from companies and work with companies that align and share their values. And so it's just so, so important that this becomes something that you, you are able to identify, articulate, and then put into practice. That very well said. And so, and so you have to go through, I guess, a sort of check marks on what you're doing in your business to be able to become a B Corp. And I know it was community, environmental, and there's one more. Community. There's governance, people. It keeps so. Um, when I first certified in 2016, um, Prosper for Purpose became a certified B Corp. And um, I'm super proud. I don't uh, toot my own horn very often, but I'm super proud that we were certified in about a month. 
average time at that point was six to eight months, wow. but we were already set up that way. Like I already knew what I was trying to do with my business. I just didn't know there was a certification, but you do go through and actually anyone can take the test at bcorporation.net. Um, it doesn't mean you certify, but it's a sample test. And what it does is it helps you identify the areas that you would have to improve in. Even if you don't want to get certified, it's really great because you can get ideas for things that you could put into play in your business to help you better align with, um, you know, with, with higher governance standards, higher impact on your community, higher impact on your employees, higher um, impact on the environment. And then from there, if you want to actually apply for certification, you, you do the test in the portal, you um, enter it, you know, you submit it, and then um, you get an email back and they set up a time to interview you. And what they often do is um, in the meantime, you'll get a request for certain documents. And so a lot of things have to be documented. And then you'll get an interview. They'll ask you specific questions um, about your answers on the test. And like the first time we did it, um, there were questions that I answered believing I knew exactly what they were asking and found out that I actually scored higher on some of those that I had not answered it properly. And, and on the other hand, there were also things that I answered feeling pretty confident and we actually scored a bit lower. So the great thing about B-Lab is they're continuously looking at the certification process and updating it to make it more specific. It also gets more challenging to certify. Um, I think this is, we're on the third or fourth version of the assessment right now, and we're actually going through reassess, um, recertification right now. So this will be the third time we certify. Um, so it is, but you know, the good thing, it is a challenging process, but the good thing is people can feel confident when they see the, the B Corp certification logo for companies that they buy from, you know, from Warby Parker to um, Etsy to Ben and Jerry's to, um, I'm going to, you know, forget some big ones, Jenny's ice cream. Like there's so many great companies that then you see that B Corp logo and you can feel good about supporting them because they share certain standards for transparency and accountability that put them really at a higher level from all the other companies that are just using the words. And so that's why B Corp certification was so important to me. Well, I thank you so much for explaining that because I don't know if all of my audience really knows what that's about. And my audience, you know, they're making purchases every day and they see it and they probably think, oh, I don't know. They, they don't realize the value that it brings. And so thank you for explaining that so they understand better. And also for taking that extra step to do the, to validate, to make sure that you're certified, to show that, because I know that um, it really does help. It tells more about you. It tells more about how you're running your company. And again, like I, I go back to, it's important. We're all looking for, for that. We want to know. And it, I always tell the story about, you know, when organic produce first came out, it was ugly and, no, and expensive and nobody wanted it. But um, I chose to buy it. And then I started going to the farmer's markets. This is way back, you know, when yes. the kids were small. I went to the farmer's markets because I wanted to promote that. And um, now look, everything is organic, you know? So it's, we can talk with our dollars. This is a way 
for every single person, when you feel powerless, like right now, some things in the world, we feel so powerless, but each and every one of us can make choices daily that make a difference. And so I really mm-hmm. like that you are a B Corp. Um, can you kind of walk me through, I, I listened to one of your fabulous podcasts, Prosper. Oh, thank you. It's Prosper for Purpose. That's your podcast. I want to make sure I get that right. And Prosper for Purpose is the company and the Prosper Project Prosper is actually Project. the name of the, I know it gets so confusing. Okay. You know, I've, I, I apologize. <laughs> I did listen no, to it no and I love that you give these points. So can you say, let's just do a hypothetical. I'm Elizabeth Smith okay. and I, and I really want to change my branding a bit and I want to go in a different direction and I would love to really build this organic, um, you know, audience and organic, uh, you know, clientele, organic, we were just talking about, but you know what I mean? So you, if in a nutshell, can you kind of just say how you would um, help somebody like that and how you go down? I loved what you said in your podcast. So I'm just wanting you to sort of reiterate that in a little way. Yeah, hopefully I can remember because I I record those like a month ahead of time. But um, there's so many things you can do organically. And um, I think one of the first things I talked about was long form content. Um, And what I went into in the end was that there are so many different things that you can do that you don't have to pay for. So organic means you're not paying for it. Um, you know, it's your owned media, which is your website, your email marketing that no one can take away from you. Mm-hmm. It is your earned media. So the publicity that you, you can get, and then it's your shared media. What is the content that people can either like a podcast? If you, you know, if you enjoy this episode, please forward it or, you know, tell your friends about it. That's organic. But what I, what I came to that I've had a lot of um, feedback on, which is great, I love that, is that you can take one core piece of content. You could take this podcast episode and Elizabeth, you could, um, you could transcribe it as an interview with me and use it on your blog as long form content. So that when people are searching like organic marketing or, you know, uh, whatever gems we drop in here, those terms can, will come up and lead them to your blog. And so right there, you've got the podcast and you've got the um, blog, which leads them to your website, which is always where we want people to end up. You could also, and you probably already do this, I'm not sure actually, um, upload this video to YouTube and, and have it there. So you can see how one piece of content can be used across three primary channels right there. And then you could also take little points, little things that you talk about um, and little things that your guests talk about and sprinkle them across your social media. You could have a point a day. So if you had a guest on that talked about five ways to um, have a healthier mindset, you could do all the same things, but then for five days, you could do a different tip every single day. So I think that's the beauty of organic marketing that most people miss. It seems easier to do one thing and then spend a thousand dollars on it. But the reality is you can do one thing and with just a little bit of extra time, you can trickle it across your platform and get better impact because people are always a little suspicious of advertising, right? And you know, that's okay. You you do want to just take a moment there. If they know you, that's a whole different thing. But if you're talking about cold traffic, 
if you are seeking to educate and you're giving value before you're asking for something back, mm -hmm. people are going to be drawn to that. And that's what we're really talking about with organic organic marketing and putting ourselves out there. We're sharing value. We're showing our expertise so that people will come to us if we want more of what we offer. Wonderful. And that's a great way to, to really learn how to reuse and repurpose your content as well. And to really hone in on what it is you do, which is something that you guys do so well. Um, so I have a question for you because there are over a million, I don't know how many millions of podcasts there are right now, and it's growing. That's an area that's really growing. Mm -hmm. And as a small business person, or even just a coach, do you think it's a good idea to continue to have a podcast? Yeah, I think that, um, so I have to admit, um, I was reluctant to have a podcast. Uh, I just didn't want to take on another big responsibility because I don't want to do anything halfway. And um, I had a coach and she kept saying, you know, a podcast is a great way to build your personal brand. And, you know, no matter what happens, if you decide to go into another another um, business, you add a business or whatever, you're still building awareness of you and who you are. And it's also a great way to um, generate organic traffic and put yourself in a place where people already are. The people who love podcasts are always looking for the next great podcast. So if you can be there for them, that is wonderful. Now my podcast is still a baby. We're only in month three, but um, I have found it to be very beneficial. And I actually love doing it. So I committed to doing one year, um, one once a week for one year, and we'll reevaluate then. But right now I'm having a really good time. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. And then once you get to one year, you can always do <clears throat> replays, things that people maybe want to hear again, and you can start repurposing those. So, you know, or, or, or pull things from different, this is what I've learned, pull things from different ones that are making a point that you're talking about. So I just love it, you know, where yeah. you can, you can say, what you're saying and then say as in podcast number 85 and then you know you can kind of do these little snippets Ooh, yeah. which i think is good because um people are all, oh and it sort of validates again what you're doing and then it makes people want to listen to more of what you're with all these fabulous people that are coming in and chatting with you so i think it's a i think it's a good thing i don't think it's uh, for me because i you know I, I don't think it's a get-rich thing I, it's not something that you get no. rich doing but i do think it's a great way to establish what we're doing and you said something that really I think in our age group I mean you said you were working in the you know communications and all of that for 30 years we're at a place where it's like how much do I really want to complicate my life what would this look like yes. if it was easy and we have established businesses right and that's good and I don't I don't really when you say disrupt about the branding I get that but I am not interested in like how they, they used to be saying disrupt and crush it and scale and all of that. I think, I think for us, it's really okay to just be comfortable, <laughs> to be doing a good job and knowing we're really delivering something really worthwhile and valuable and not, not having to take it to the biggest, biggest, big. And I think women need to hear that because when they think of starting their own business or, or self-employed where they're doing something, they're providing a service, maybe they have a small team they're like, oh my God, this could get really out of control. Well, no, you can keep it. You can decide how you want it. Mm -hmm. And 
And I like that about mm-hmm. this age. We have that wisdom and we can just go, hmm, I think I'm just going to keep it here and I'm good with that. And because we have lives in place. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, it's trial and error. I, I thought, oh, a team of 10 is, you know, where I want to be. That would be great. And I got to nine and things broke. And when things broke and I reassessed, um, I made some, I made some really hard choices and I, um, halved the team and, um, and I have to say, and I've said this one other time that here it is several years later and we're doing just as well, um, financially and impact wise now as we were doing with double the team. And that's really mind blowing. And it doesn't mean that anyone on the the previous team wasn't working, wasn't great at what they did, but we managed and we managed by me really focusing on what I wanted to be focused on and not what I thought we needed to focus on as an agency. And that was business changing and life changing for me. That's everything I talk about is like that thread that what is really important. And then that edit, I think edit is so important. I always have to edit my life. Do I really need all this? And I think going into the pandemic, we really had to all edit and we were forced to, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, we all kind of went, Hey, I'm doing just fine without all that extra stuff. I don't, it makes my life a little bit more breathable. And I think people are realizing that it's super important to go back to that and just sort of really reassess and check in to make sure, right? That that we're not overcomplicating ourselves. Why do we need to do that? Um, It doesn't really um, add to the value or, or quality of our life. So you were talking about how you can do this. You know, we're all super lucky at this time. Technology, some people aren't happy with some of the things it's doing, but we can all get access to pretty much free advertising. I mean, it's a time in life where, where, you know, in the past you would have to pay so many people to come in and take pictures and come in and do print ads and all of that. We don't have to do that now, but PR is important Mm -hmm. from your standpoint. And can you just, you know, as we're closing, can you just give me just a, a, a sort of nutshell of why is it so important? And we started out with, you know, people are a little bit cynical about marketers and all of that, but if you find a good one, like what, What's the really, like someone's shopping for someone in PR, what are they really wanting, needing? Give them sort of like, I guess, a shopping list or what to look for maybe that's so that they're. Yeah. If you're, yeah. So PR, um, hiring a PR person can be very expensive. So, um, I would say to compare rates, but even more importantly, um, compare experience. There are a lot of, and this is like you know, everyone has a a topic that they rant on. So I'll try to make this rant really short, but there are a lot of people, um, self-professed PR professionals who simply are not, they had, they were famous and they're going to tell you how to get famous. No, they were famous. And now they have a PR plan. Like you have to, you have to be a really savvy shopper and look at this person and say, do they have what they have because of what they did that they're now selling to me? Or did they already have that? And now they're just a famous 
semi and famous is relative. I don't necessarily mean celebrity. And now they're just selling it to me. Um, those are really, really important questions. So um, look at who did they do PR before before they went out on their own. If they just graduated from school and put out a shingle, that would not be the person that I wanted to go to. I asked people, do you want to be a surgeon's first patient? Probably not. Then why would you risk your reputation with someone who may have fumbling hands and may not be able to execute something well. So I would just say, you know, do your homework, look at how many years of experience that person has, where they did PR before. Um, obviously you can get references, but don't just get all hyped up about someone's program or someone's persona. We work with a lot of clients um, where we do solely PR for them. Um, I have an accreditation in PR. I have 30 years of experience in PR. You don't have to hire me or someone with my level ex of experience, but a true strategist has seven to 10 years minimum experience. Yeah. So I would just throw that out there. I would also say that um, if this is okay, that um, Recently, we launched actually a program called Profitable Publicity, and it is our way to reach those coaches and consultants who can't afford to hire a PR uh, agency or a publicist, and it is perfect for that entrepreneur that wants to learn how to generate their own publicity. And why do you want publicity? I think you asked me that, Elizabeth, so I will bring this full circle for two reasons. Getting in front of other people's audiences, just like we're doing today, is great publicity. I'm on your podcast. People are meeting me for the first time. You're coming on my podcast. People who listen to me will meet you for the first time. They may never become my clients, but maybe they'll become your clients when you're on my podcast, right? So we just don't know. PR enables you to get in front of other people's audiences, mm -hmm. TV audiences, radio audiences, print audiences. The other thing PR offers is social proof. You are not going to say, I spent $10,000 on this Facebook campaign, so you should come work with me. <laughs> but you might say, I was featured in Entrepreneur. I was interviewed on, you know, whatever that top station is in your market. That is social proof. And that goes a long way in helping you build your credibility. And I usually say to people, go for both. But if you go for, I just want the social proof of being in this publication, also acknowledge that a lot of times what people are drawn to are the biggest and the best and they keep going and going and going. Ask yourself if your audience is even there because otherwise, I'm not saying don't do it, but just acknowledge that you're just going for the social proof. Whereas you might go for something smaller or more niche and it might not feel as fancy or dazzling on your website, but you got in front of the people that are, that are going to want to work with you and that's really valuable. Oh, I completely agree with what you're saying. And I think as we wrap up today, I just want to say that you said several times, and this is a point that I think we can finish up with is ask the right questions. Oh, don't we get really caught up in all the shiny things and we see the shiny and we think, 
this is going to be, it's going to be my everything. It's going to, I'll put the money out. I'll do whatever. And we're not asking the questions and we need to stop, pause and go back to what it is we really are wanting to put out there and ask those questions. I found through experience, this is, this is why it's so great to be the age that I'm at is that, I mean, I helped my own daughter. Did you ask these questions? And she's like, no. I said, well, yeah, is it, People aren't going to be forthcoming with things unless you really ask the questions. So I think that that's the most powerful thing. And also in your business, you've got to ask a lot of questions. So you have to, it's about um, smithing those questions, you know, to the right place so that you can really hone in. And I think that's so mm -hmm. valuable. So thank you so much for everything. And I love chatting with you. I could chat with you all day. And I love what you're doing. And I think you're very much ahead of the trend. So I think you, you've already found that, that this is valuable. So thank you again, Lorraine. Well, thank you for having me. It was, I'm so honored to be here with you. It was such a great conversation. And um, I just want to say thank you. And to your listeners, thank you as well. Enjoying the show? You can find the notes at www.elizabethribbons.com. That's ribbons with one B or on your preferred podcast platform. Please be sure to follow, rate, and review. Reviews and word of mouth are still the number one way to learn about new podcasts, so I appreciate your support. Until next time.